Hi, and welcome to Resurrection Church, where Dr. Joseph G. Matera is the senior pastor and presiding bishop. We are committed to serving our community and the community abroad. We pray that the word you are about to hear will be a blessing to your life and that you allow the Holy Spirit to open your heart and receive what the Lord is speaking to you. Church family, how are we doing today? You guys doing all right? All right, so we are doing something totally different today than we have uh, ever done, and we are actually live streaming right now to Albany and to Staten Island. So can we just make some noise for them this morning? And so I'm excited about that. We also want to welcome everyone who is joining us online, um, whether it's through Facebook or through YouTube or wherever it may be. We are honored and excited that you guys are here today. Uh, We are kicking off a brand new series called Homecoming today, and I'm excited about this because I believe that it speaks to multiple facets of where we are as a church community. And so today's kind of be kickoff of a new series, also kind of like a vision renewal day and a lot of celebration and a lot of noise. And so can you guys make some noise for me? All right, in Albany and Staten Island, I know you're seeing me on the screen, but can you guys make some noise too? Cool deal. All right, hey, um, so let me kind of set up the context of where we're about to go. Uh, we are about to dive into the book of Joshua. We're going to be in Joshua chapter 1 today. If you got your scripture, you can go ahead and turn there. Um, but to, to kind of set this up, what's taken place is the Israelites, or the children of God, uh, were in captivity in Egypt for around 400 years. And then God raised up a man by the name of Moses to be their deliverer. And we all know how, how this goes. Moses went and said, let my people go, let my people go, right? Uh, And Pharaoh kept saying no, no, no. And then finally, Pharaoh, after the 10th plague, said, all right, get out of Egypt. And so um, roughly two and a half million Israelites left bondage and slavery in Egypt on their way to the promised land. And, And in the process of that, they ended up turning their backs on God and they wanted to go back to Egypt. They wanted to go back to how things were. Um, And God allowed them to wander in the wilderness for 40 years, 40 years of them wandering around into the wilderness. And now where Joshua chapter one picks up is Moses, the leader had just passed away and Joshua is now assuming the role of the leader over the, the Israelites. And they are under the instruction of God about to cross the Jordan river and enter into the promised land. Now, the reason I say this is because all of this starts in Genesis chapter 15, where God makes a covenant, God makes a promise with Abraham. And then we see from Abraham that it's passed to Isaac, from Isaac it's passed to Jacob, and then it's passed to Joseph. And Joseph is what actually led the people uh, into Egypt. And then underneath Joseph, there's kind of about 400 years of silence where there is no leader of the Israelites. And then God raises up Moses and And then Moses hands the baton off to Joshua. And now you have all of these people, two and a half, three million people that have been waiting to go home about to cross the Jordan River and go into the promised land. It is their homecoming. 
And my hope for us as a church community, both in Brooklyn and Staten Island and in Albany, is that this would be a season of homecoming for us as a church. It would be a season where the lost will come home into the house of God and into the family of God. It is a season, I believe, now I can officially say this, I believe COVID is over. I know it's still out there, but... I can get on Amtrak and I don't have to wear a mask anymore. Can I get an amen to that? Like, that's a big deal for me. And, and so my prayer is that if you have been staying home because of COVID, that this would be a season for you to come back home to the family of God and be with the people of God. And then the third thing that I want to say, and this is specific to Albany, for you guys, this is going to be a homecoming of you moving into your new building in hopefully just a few weeks, which... Look, Brooklyn's making some noise right now, and I'm loving this. They're excited. You guys better be excited. And so I believe that this is a season for the people of God to step into the promises of God, for us to enter into that homecoming, to us to welcome people into the home and the family of God, and ultimately for the kingdom of Jesus Christ to be established and advanced in New York State. And so I am excited about that, but there's one caveat that I got to throw out there before we dive into the text. Um, just like your home, just like my home, and my wife who is here, she can tell you all about this. Um, like every home, you got to fight for your family. Can't get an amen to that. I mean, you got kids misbehaving, you get in arguments with your spouse, um, and, and men, you already know this, she's always right. I have learned that. Um, she is always right, but like you have to fight for unity in the home. You have to fight for peace in the home. And I believe it's the same thing that we're going to see in the book of Joshua as we dive into it over the next 10 weeks or so um, going into it. A few things about Joshua is Joshua is the man of God that was chosen by God. And, and so with that, it requires leadership, courage, and radical obedience to God. Radical obedience. The second thing is you're going to see that God speaks to Joshua and says, arise and go. Meaning that there's a commissioning by God for Joshua to live on mission. But with that also comes an authority to live on mission. We're going to get back to that in just a, a few minutes. And then the third thing that I want to say before we dive into it, it requires courage. It requires courage. And as God says, be strong and courageous, be strong and courageous. And so with that, let's dive into Joshua chapter one. I'm excited about this. It's going to be good. Uh, and yeah, so here we go. After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, the Lord said to Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses's assistant, we'll come back to that. Moses, my servant is dead. Now, therefore, arise, go over this Jordan, you and all of the people into the land that I am giving to them, to the people of Israel. Now, again, this is a promise that God made to Abraham in Genesis chapter 15, going back hundreds of years beforehand. And the reason I'm throwing that out there is because oftentimes whenever we're praying or whenever God gives us a promise or whenever God gives us a prophetic word or whatever it may be, we expect it to happen now, right? 
And if it doesn't happen now, then we think that, well, maybe it was a false word or maybe I didn't hear God correctly or, or, or maybe God's not attentive. Maybe God isn't listening to my prayers. Could you imagine what was going on in all the leaders' minds as they went through hundreds of years of this promised, this promised land for the nation of Israel, for the children of God? It is your promised land, but you've got to wait until the right timing. See, many of us, we want it now, and God says, no, I have a process that I'm going to take you through to get you ready to step into the promise that I'm going to give to you. God's timing is always the right time. It is always the right time. And you cannot go too far ahead of God because if you trust me, I've gone ahead of God. You know what happens? You fall right on your face and you can't stay too far behind God. It's a pace. And we've talked about this before. Even Jesus had his own pace. And because Jesus had his own pace, the people that needed his healing, the people that needed his touch, the people that needed whatever it may be from him, Jesus was there for them. God's timing is imperative and crucial for this. Continuing on in verse three. Every place that the sole of your foot will tread upon, I have given to you, just as I have promised to Moses. From the wilderness and this Lebanon, as far as the great river, to the river Euphrates, all of the land of the Hittites to the great sea towards the going down of the sun shall be your territory. And so God is laying out the territory. No man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life. Just as I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I am not going to leave you nor forsake you. Be strong and courageous. For you shall cause the people to inherit the land that I swore to their fathers to give to them. Referencing Genesis 15. Only be strong and very courageous, being careful to do all according to the law that Moses, my servant, commanded you. Do not turn from the right or to the left, um, that you may have good success wherever you go. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do all according to that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous and then you will have good success. And then verse 9 Have I not commanded you, be strong and courageous. Do not be frightened. Do not be dismayed. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you may go. There's a few observations that I want to point out about this text today to kind of set us up for where we're going in this series. Um, The first thing that I want to point out is, is notice Joshua's position. Notice Joshua's position. See, Joshua started out in verse 1 as Moses' assistant. As Moses' assistant. See, oftentimes in our culture, we think that we should be um, climbing the ladder of success much quicker than we are. But God will allow us to be in a place of humility so that he can do something in us and through us in that place to get us ready for the next season that he is about to bring us to. And so you see in in verse one that God says Joshua was just Moses's assistant, which kind of makes me wonder, did anyone even really know who Joshua was? I'm sure some people did. But was he a name that all of Israel knew about? Was he a name that, that whenever you know, people were talking, it was like, well, have you talked to Joshua? Have you asked Joshua about this? I, I really am not sure. But it was 
probable that there was times that he was maybe even overlooked by some of the other people. Oh, that's just Moses' secretary, right? And that's probably what some people said in Hebrew, obviously not in English, right? Um, But then God takes him from being the assistant to Moses to being the leader of an entire nation. And something I want to say, it's one word of God's authority that can change your position in your life. It's one word. It's one thing that needs to be broken off. It's one thing of a new assignment. It's one thing of God saying, this is what I've called you to do that will change your position and change your authority. The other thing that I want to point out is Joshua experienced the presence of God by being the assistant of Moses. So so think about this. Think about this for just a moment. Moses is sitting there and he's like, I got to go deal with the judges. I've got to go talk to these people. Then there's this family argument over here and they're making another idol out of gold. (sighs) You know, and now this is Michael adding to it a little bit. All right. And so you can fact check me in the Bible. And so Joshua's like just following around Moses and, and, and going about his life and doing his thing. And he's like, all right, Moses is going over here. Now we're going to a board meeting. Let's sit down at the board meeting. I guess I'm going to take notes at the board meeting. All right, now we got to go meet with this judge over here. This judge is over 100 people. And so, you know, a little bit more important, taking some more notes over here. But the other thing about being the assistant to Moses is that Joshua got to see the man of God in the presence of God all the time. You, you catch that? So Joshua would follow Moses around as his assistant. And who was it that went and talked to God on Mount Sinai? Moses. Who was it that ended up seeing Moses come down with his hair blazing and all that stuff? Joshua. Joshua got to experience the presence of God because of somebody else's calling and anointing. And he was willing to submit to that leadership and to be able to walk in his shadow, which I think is crucial. And because of him experiencing the presence of God through Moses' devotional life, Moses' prayer life, God was then able to elevate him to a place place of leadership in stature. You know what we have in our culture today? Our culture today, and I'm I'm talking to all the young people here. If you are 35 and younger, I am talking to you, which includes me. All right. Um, I'm totally calling myself out right now. So um, what we have in our culture is you get out of high school, you're going to go and you're going to go get a bachelor's degree and you're going to be $150,000 in debt. And then you get out of that and you expect to land a fortune 100 company and then be the CEO in three years. That is not how it works. That it, but we live in such a microwave culture, such a TikTok culture, such a quick culture that wants instant success, instant fame without going through the process in order to get there. I remember whenever I started out in youth ministry in uh, Southeast Texas, Southeast Texas, and God spoke to me and Matthew 10 39 was the word or the scripture that God really spoke to me about is those that live their life will lose it. Those that lose their life for my sake will gain it. Um, and so I went up to my youth pastor. And I was like, Hey, Jay, I, um, I, I feel like I'm supposed to go into ministry and I'm 17. And, and he's like, great. And you know, come to the church next week. And so I showed up and he gave me a packet for a sixth grade small group, which I was like, Oh my gosh, it had two people in it. I was like, all right, that's humility right there. Uh, and then he said, um, every Wednesday, I want you to come up here and I want you to catch this to sweep the floor, take out trash, set up chairs and clean the toilets and clean the toilets. 
Now, here I am, 17 years old. I'm like, I ain't cleaning no toilets. And he's like, well, you aren't going to be ready for ministry then. And, and so you know what I learned to do? I learned to clean toilets. I learned to sweep. And you know what happened afterwards, my first time sweeping and taking out the trash and setting up the chairs? He leaves his office and he's like, I'm going to go check out your work. And he walked me around the youth room, which is fairly a room about this size or so. He's walking me around. And he's like, you forgot this spot over here. These chairs are not in line over here. Uh, what, there is like this huge thing of trash right here. Michael, do it again. But you know what that did? That taught me humility. That taught me honor. And it taught me excellence. Because God honors and values humility, honor, and excellence. See, many of us, we want the microphone, or we want the platform, or we want the stage, but we're not willing to go through the sacrifice in order to be able to get there. I want you to just think about that. Continuing on, though, um, let me just say this. Let me just say this about the process, all right? And so for everyone here in Brooklyn, Albany, Staten Island, hear me out. God cares more about your heart than he does your success. And there are some of you guys that you have been going in the same cycle year after year after year after year. And I just want to challenge you. Maybe it's not a success issue. It's a heart issue that God wants to end up dealing with. And you're going to keep repeating that cycle until you're willing to surrender those things to the Lord. Just throwing that out there. Not in my notes. Um, if you have any issues, you can email Bishop Joseph Matera at um, Santa. You're off the hook today. So let me continue on, though. What Joshua does here is he's setting up the entire book. In verse three, you see a conquest or him taking ground. In verse four, you see that God's going to lead them to distribute the land. And then in verse five, God gives them a promise, a promise that he gives us today as well, which is I will never leave you, nor will I forsake you. Now, there's something that we have to understand about the transition from Moses to Joshua. And I'm going to speak on this on a few different accounts right here. Uh, with Moses, the only way to get God was to perform in order for something to happen. Okay, so sacrifice. It was rules. It was commands. It was, uh, um, you know, temple worship or tabernacle worship in, in their case. It was, it was a lot of that. Moses represented the law. Joshua re represented them entering into a new season, entering into a new season based on relationship. And, and the same thing is true in our world today. Christianity is not a religion. People outside of the church may say that it is a religion, but it's not a religion. It's a relationship that Jesus invites to. And you know what we have to do in order to obtain that relationship? Believe. That's it. That's it. Because Jesus did all of the work that any of the other world religions may call you to. Jesus did all of that work, paid the ultimate sacrifice, died on the cross. We celebrated that last week. And then he rose from the dead to pave a new way for you and for me. The other thing, though, that you see with, with and I want to speak kind of prophetically here, um, that you see with, with Moses and with Joshua. And I would say this, Moses represents how things used to be done. Joshua represents a new era of how things are going to be done. Hear, hear me out. Pre-pandemic, 
right? Pre-pandemic, we didn't really do a whole lot of live streaming. Like the uh, facilities maybe looked different. There was a different protocols in place. And all of that stuff that was happening was good. But then God allowed the pandemic to disrupt things. And I might even throw this out there and say the wilderness for us. And now we are entering into the promised land. If the promised land looks like Egypt, then how is that actually the promised land? And, And so hear me out, church. If where we're going is going to look like where we came from, then what's the point? What's the point? I don't want to go back to a pre-COVID world. I want to stay in a post-COVID world and usher in a new era for the kingdom of God. I want to see the church alive and active. And I want to see the miraculous take place. And the people come home and salvation's happening. And... And I want to see a church filled with boldness and courage and strength that's going to look at the eyes of the enemy and say, not today, Satan. I'm standing on this firm foundation that walks in a Holy Ghost power. I want to be in that kind of church that doesn't look back at what was, but look forward to what could be. And I believe that that is what God is doing in this. And so Joshua, you know what's interesting about Joshua is Joshua's Hebrew name is Yeshua. And what do we call Yeshua translated into English? Jesus. See, Joshua is simply foreshadowing what Jesus is going to end up doing on the cross. You you think about him crossing the Jordan River, right? Going from the wilderness into the promised land. Jesus was baptized at that same spot. And he was baptized to symbolize, I am bringing the world into a new covenant, into a new way, into a new place. Jesus also represents, um, is our Joshua. He, He represents people entering into a new promise, a new covenant, a new way, a new healing, a new unity like never before. And so the Israelites had Joshua church today. We have Jesus. We have Jesus. Jesus is our Joshua, but Jesus is better than Joshua because Jesus was perfect and sinless and holy and righteous and a friend with sinners all at the same time. He was God in flesh. And so I say all of this to kind of set us up for this. And this is where I want to start landing the plane. And uh, Andrew, you can come up and and play behind me if if you'd like. And, And I believe God desires for all of us to enter into the promises that he has for us. I believe for Staten Island that God has promises for you guys facility uh, that is just going to be much larger and expansive for Albany, that God is going to do amazing things as we step in to his promises for Brooklyn. I believe that God is going to do something powerful in this house. We've said it before, but I, I literally see lines of people outside of this building waiting to get into the presence of God. And so here's something, here's where I want to land the plane and I want to talk to us just very, very transparent for, for just a few moments because um, Joshua was anointed to be the leader, but the people still had to follow the commands of Joshua and the direction of Joshua. Jesus is our leader. Jesus is our leader. 
And whenever we experience and encounter the presence of Jesus, it should lead us to living a life on mission. Joshua led a life on mission. He would wake up early in the morning. God would remind him, Joshua, be strong and courageous. I'm never going to leave you nor forsake you. Joshua, don't, don't give away. Like, stay, stay on course. Jesus wants the same thing for us. Jesus wants us to live on mission. You know what I think is interesting is God tells Joshua, be strong and courageous. Sure, truly, I will be with you until the end of your days. What does Jesus tell us in Matthew chapter 28? Go out and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. And truly, I will be with you until the end of your days. The promise is, is that God is with us. But we have to live on mission. We have to live on mission. That, that means as, as much as we love church, and I look, if anyone can tell you, I love church. The church is for believers, but it's also for non-believers to come home. It's for the prodigals to come back. It's for the broken to find healing. It's the drug addicts to find freedom. But it requires us to live on mission. See, the cost of Christianity is very simple. You just believe. The cost of a disciple is your life. It's, a, it's your life. It, it means you lay down your preferences, you lay down your wants, you lay down your desires for the glory of God and for his kingdom and his mission. And you know what Ephesians chapter 1 verse 10 says? It says God is reconciling the world back to himself. That means the entire world, God is in the process of making it new, of establishing his kingdom and his glory. And so church, I want to ask you, are you living on mission today for the kingdom of God? In Staten Island, are you living on mission today for the kingdom of God? In Albany, are you living on mission for the kingdom of God? Because a lot of times the mission that we think we have doesn't look like the mission that God has. Let me give you a prime example, all right? This morning, all right, and I'm, I'm literally wrestling with this in prayer. I even had to repent for it. But I, I, afterwards, I'm sitting there and I'm, I'm thinking about it. You're probably wondering, well, Michael, what happened? I'll tell you what happened, all right? So we get to the parking garage last night, park the car, and of course it's NYC, so they charge you like $150. It was only $40, uh, but it felt like that, right? And so I tell the guy, because I got, I got a Mazda, and it's one of those that if you don't do this certain thing, the car will shut off, but the battery will stay on, right? Um, we have a dysfunctional car. Pray for us, okay? Um, and so I sit there and I tell the guy, I'm like, hey man, you, you need to do this. And, and he's like, yeah, yeah, I got it, I got it. And, and then this, this morning, or, or, or again last night, I was like, no, no, come here. Like, push the brake, hit this button, move this knob, and the car will turn. Yeah, 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 I got it. I'm like, okay, he's got it. So we went and we, we celebrated Allie's birthday, which is today. Happy birthday, Allie. She's downstairs. I'm excited about that. But here's, here's where I'm going. Here's where I'm going. I'm getting, you know, chasing squirrels right now. So just bear with me. This morning, I go down at, you know, 9, 10 or so, and I'm just like, the joy of the Lord is my strength. You know, I'm just having a great day. I've had three cups of coffee, ate breakfast with the family. We thought that they were going to sleep in. No, they didn't. They got us up at 6.30 in the morning. So we're... Uh, we're going down there 
and uh, the guy's like, give him my ticket stuff. And it, same guy, same guy. And he comes back, he's like, your battery's dead. I'm like, It's like, yeah, you got jumpers? It's like, no, do you have jumpers? Nope. That's why I told you yesterday to turn it off a certain way. All right, and so like, and y'all, I'm, I'm gonna be, I am the type of person, and my wife can tell you that there are little things, little pet peeves that get to me, and it's just like something happens, and this spirit of anger starts rising up. Does that ever happen to anyone? It usually involves vehicles, okay, and driving, all right? God's grace was with me. His mercy was with me. I did not lash out. I was very patient. 40 minutes later, my wife said it was 20. So I'm a preacher and I'm exaggerating. Don't judge me. All right. But I get done um, and I walk away and I'm just like having, you know, one of those things. And this morning I had to repent of that. And I had to repent of that is because what if God was using that moment as an opportunity for me to live on mission but I was allowing my circumstances to affect that. See, many of us, tomorrow we're going to go out to school. Spring break's over. Thank God. And all the parents are like, hallelujah. We're going to go to our workplaces. We're going to get on the subway. We're going to get in an Uber. We're going to drive by people. We're going to sit at restaurants It's an opportunity that we have to live on mission for the kingdom of God. The presence of God should lead us to mission. The presence of God should lead us to discipline. The presence of God should lead us to strength and courage. The only way the kingdom of God is going to expand and grow is for a remnant of people to grab a hold of the mission that Jesus gave the church and to bestow that and to live that and to walk in it in every area, every space of influence, every situation that we go. It's a Holy Ghost moment that you may be presenting an opportunity with. So my, my prayer for us is that we will be strong and courageous. My prayer for us as a church community three locations that we would be strong and courageous. And I want to share a story as I start to wrap up today, and I'm going to call forward Bishop and and Pastor Joyce in just a moment, but I want to share something with you guys um, that really I had this, this, I don't want to say revelation, but this kind of moment this past past Wednesday and Thursday night, uh, just thinking about it. And, and those that are in Albany, you're going to, some of you will know this very, very well. But in 2014, 2015, uh, I was at a hard place in my life. I was at a hard place where I wanted to just give up on ministry. And, and my wife can tell you, like, we went through uh, some issues with us. And I'm not talking about us fighting, not marriage conflict, just some personal issues 
that we had to walk through. My father had passed away. Meanwhile, I was working three jobs trying to plant and start this church, and I just felt like I wasn't getting anywhere. Every step that we would have forward would be two steps back. We'd secure a a, a building to rent out, and then the city would shut us out. Uh, We'd get a little bit of advancement. We'd have a, a newspaper article done by us, and then the city would come and start attacking us. And and Christy can tell you it was literally one thing after another, after another, after another. And this one particular evening, I remember, God is my witness. This one Sunday, we took an offering. And $74 came in to the offering up in Albany. 70 of that was mine. Now, mind you, there's 60, 80 people, something like that at that time. And I just, man, I was just pouring out and pouring out and pouring out and pouring out and not seeing any forward momentum with it. It's like, okay, God, what what do you want me to do? Meanwhile, my wife and I, we got a job offer to move to Cave City, Kentucky. Anyone ever heard of that? Yeah, neither did I. Neither did I, okay? But we got a a job offer to move there and it was a church of 800 people and multi-site. And I mean, it was everything that we wanted And driving back, I remember we were driving through Cincinnati and I turned to my wife and I say, hey, what do you you feel like God is saying? And she said, no. And I was like, yeah, I get the same thing. And that was it. That was it. And so God, you've called us to the Northeast. You've called us to New York State. What does this look like for us? And there was this one particular evening, the $74 the week before, we did not have enough money to pay for the rent of the venue that we were using for the next week. Mind you, I'm working three jobs. Uh, Judah is, um, was Judah born at this point? Judah was, I think he was a newborn. He was like, it's like a little baby. I miss those times. They were easy, you know? Um, Now he just tells me, you know, all the slang of today's like, I'm just like, okay, anyways, just getting sidetracked. Like, what, I've got to go to Urban Dictionary and figure out what it is that he's saying because I just, I just don't know. But here's, here's where I'm going. October 6th, I sat down and I wrote my resignation letter to City Church in Albany. I wrote it out two pages, even did it in PDF so that they couldn't go in and change things. Kid you not, like, sent it to the board at like seven or eight o'clock one evening, went to bed, woke up at 3 a.m. to go to work, worked from like three to five or six. I met one of the elders in our church, Colin Limes, um, who has who has moved to Kansas because, I don't know why, God bless him. What's in Kansas? Toto, is that, you know? Dorothy, yeah. So I'm sitting there and I meet Colin and we're working out, you know. I mean, it's like 5.36 a.m. and, you know, we're pumping iron. This is whenever I had the six-pack and the, the pecs and all, you know. I'm joking. I'm just like, you know, getting after it. And he doesn't say anything. I'm like, did he get the email? And then like five minutes before we're done, he's like, hey, Mike, um, I got your email. No. Like, what, what do you mean, though? No, you can't, you can't resign. Like, we'll, we'll talk about it, but no. And that Sunday I went in, my friend paid for us to have church. All right? And so here we have church. And by the grace of God, no one knew showed up. And I sat there. And for an hour plus, I preached out of Acts 16 and Acts 17. 
in tears. And I said to the church, the very thing I'm about to say to you. And if you're in Albany, you've probably heard this before. Some of you in Brooklyn have heard it. In Staten Island, I'm going to say the very thing that I said to our church in Albany back then. Before I say this, we went from a few hundred dollars that we were bringing in weekly to by the end of that month in October, $8,000 came in. Jump forward another six months, we were averaging 15,000 that came in. Jump forward another year or two later and you're averaging $35,000, $40,000 a month that was coming in. On top of that, the church blew up and literally we found a space and we went from one service to three services in six weeks. It was insane. And everyone says, what was, what was, the, what was it that changed it? It was this thing right here. We are to be a church that is on mission, that exists to leave people who are far from God into a growing relationship with Jesus Christ. It requires four things from us. And there's some more, but there's four things that I want to focus on right here. Number one, courageous prayers. I'm not talking superficial prayers, you know, bless the missionaries and help me pass my test. I'm talking about prayers that change an atmosphere and change a spiritual culture of a region. It requires us to get on our hands and on our knees on the threshing floor and to cry out to God for a move of God in Sunset Park, a move of God in Staten Island, a move of God in the capital region and beyond, a move of God in New York State. And I believe that he wants to do that. And so for here in Brooklyn, you guys know every Tuesday, prayer calls at 7.30. And then the first Tuesday of every month, we come together corporately and we pray. The the second thing um, that it requires is strong and generous giving. Everyone got quiet right there, right? Like, oh, here we go. Money's No, I mean this for real. Because if eternity is at hand, if eternity is at hand, what's a few bucks to us that ultimately is already God's? I heard this stat the other day that right now there is on average 10,000 people in America a day that are leaving the church. 10,000 people a day. Let's change that statistic. And let's invest into the next generation. Invest into evangelism. Invest into reaching the lost. Invest into taking care of the team and the staff and making sure that we're able to do what it is that God has called us to do. The, the third thing is uh, courageous serving. Like, hey, um, if you've been coming here for like six months and you're just kind of sitting on the sidelines, it's time to step in. Like, it's time to play ball. Like, I'm so glad you like the music and the lights and you got this white dude up here that's yelling at you, right? But it is time to step into it. God did not call us to sit on the sideline. He called us to get into the game and to go after it. In Albany, it is time for us to step it up. In Staten Island, it is time for us to step into what it is that God has for us. And the fourth thing that I want to say, and then I'm going to share something and I'm, I'm going to turn it over and I promise you, it's like my eighth closing. Bold invites. And so look, if you're in Brooklyn, you have an invite card on your chair. That is not a bookmark. That is not a a coffee thing. I don't know what you call that. Coffee coaster. Thank you. That is not something for you to put on your fridge. 
That is a card that you are to take and hand off to someone and say, hey, I would love to invite you to church. Well, I, I don't know about church, and I'm not the religious kind. Is it one of those, you know, Catholic churches? No, no, no. Let, let's grab coffee and talk about it. Yeah. Yeah. Like, and you know what happens whenever we do that? And we honor the Word of God, which I believe that we do, and we, we keep things moving forward. He says, be strong and courageous. Be careful to do all according to the law of Moses, my servant. Do not turn from the right or to the left, and you will have good success wherever you go wherever you go and so church i want to share this amen with you we pray you. that you were blessed by this word for more information about our church please visit our website at resurrectionchurchofny.com or give us a call at 718-436-0242 and be sure to follow us on instagram at reschurchnyc take care and god bless